Hey everyone, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. July, happy July everybody. I, I love July. I don't know, maybe I love every month. You know what? Not crazy about March. It's not true, I like March too. I can't even lie. I hope you're having a great July. I hope you're finding some time to, you know, look after yourself, spend some time with people that make you laugh and that you love and feed your soul a little bit. How's your creative juices going? How's your creative action going? You know what, Firecrack Department, we're all about coming together, getting a bucket of inspiration, and then getting that into action. Whatever that means to you, like meeting with that person, calling that friend, writing that letter, starting that script, whatever it is, creative action, that's our jam. I don't know if you're aware of this, but our podcast is now available on the Hoo Ha Ha app right now. That's right, the Hoo Ha Ha app. And this app is available only on iPhone for now. But, uh, oh my gosh, we are among some amazing company over there. So download the app from the Apple Store now and then let us know what you think of it. I'm so impressed with what Hoo Ha Ha is doing. It's not only a vibrant community, it's a vibrant community of funny, funny people. So go on over, check the app out and check our podcast out at the same time. All right, here's one of my favorite things in the world, the Firecracker shout out. Hello, this is Firecracker Department's Head of Post-Production and Communications, Sydney Nielsen. My Firecracker shout out this week is to Braided Sisters Productions, uh, specifically Kylie May and Joanna Swan, two of the founders. Kylie is a two-spirit, transgender, queer, multidisciplinary artist and storyteller who wrote the Transamorous Trilogy, a trilogy of short films delving into the dating experience of a two-spirit trans woman. Joanna is the producer of the films alongside Fauna and Emmett, and they are just an absolute joy to work with. Everyone is so kind and smart and thoughtful and just brilliant. You can catch the first two films in the trilogy, Discretion and Disclosure, premiering at the Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival in October 2021. They're still crowdfunding and preparing to shoot the final short, so if you have the means to donate, that link will be in our show notes. And you can follow them on Instagram at Braided Sisters Productions and at Transamorous Trilogy. Ah, I just love, I love the firecracker shoutouts so much. If you have a firecracker that you want to give a little firecracker love to, give us a little voice memo. Do a shoutout on your own. Firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Don't forget to include in your recording your name, the person you're shouting out, and their handle so we know how to find them. And let's uh, spread some of that firecracker love around. What do you say? Okay, our guest on the show this week, Oh, this one. This one's important to me. They are all important to me, of course, but this one is award-winning actor, producer, fantastic human being, and one of my dearest friends, Colleen Wheeler, all the way out in Vancouver, British Columbia. And just as a little bonus, we got our daughter, Lily Reynolds, in too in this conversation. This episode is just super special. I mean, first of all, it's the first mother-daughter episode we've ever had. Not our last, because I loved it so much. And second of all, it was recorded in person. The first in like over a year. We recorded in Colleen's backyard studio in Vancouver, and it was pretty blissy, I have to tell you. It was not only fantastic to reunite and reconnect with my buddy Colleen, um, but uh, just to have like face-to-face -face time. And, you know, Colleen and I always joke that like, Whenever we want to get together, it's just so that we can sit on each other's feet and 
have a really good connection time over coffee. You know, when you've got those friends that you just like, my feet are cold, can I put them under your bum? That's the kind of friend Colleen is. I've known Colleen for so many years, I don't even actually remember where our friendship started, but I will say it's probably back when I lived in British Columbia. We were working with various theater companies over there, like Theater Scam and doing 24-hour play festivals and things like that. And I remember sitting with Colleen on a hill in Vancouver, and I was immediately struck with her authenticity, her passion, her kindness, her love. I think she started telling me that she loved me like maybe the first time we hung out. She puts her love right out there and I'm lucky. I'm so lucky to have Colleen in my life. And then of course, her fantastic husband and her daughter Lily are my, they're my family. Now I have to tell you, I was a little nervous about having one of these recorded discussions because you know, when we talk, we go deep. And I was like, what can I chat about that we haven't already talked about? But obviously, when you listen to this, it's a silly concern because we had so much more to talk about. There's always more to talk about. And it was just great. It was great to catch up with Colleen Neal here. Uh, she's such a talented actor and a beautiful soul. And I just can't wait to share her stories and her voice with you. Now, Colleen is originally from Toronto and she lives, as I said, in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. She graduated from the University of Alberta with a BFA in acting and has since performed in over 75 stage productions across Canada. Have you been lucky enough to catch Colleen in a stage production anywhere in Canada? If you have, will you let me know? Because I know, I know that performance has stuck with you. I know it. Anytime Colleen steps on the stage, you're just like, what's she gonna do? She's so fierce. And I know that word is used a lot, but she is fierce. Not only that, not only 75 stage productions across Canada, but over 50 on-screen roles in film and TV. She voiced Mystique on the animated X-Men Evolution series, was featured in 2018's Tully with Charlize Theron and Mackenzie Davis. In fact, this is how humble Colleen is. I was watching Tully and she, Colleen suddenly popped onto the screen. I was like, bah! I literally, bah! I bought it because I was like, ah, Colleen just doesn't, she's so humble and uh, gracious. And I called her immediately. I'm like, oh, you don't tell me anything. Uh, Colleen was also on the 2012 feature, The Tall Man with Jessica Biel. And if you haven't seen that, again, Colleen is just captivating. So many more, so many more. Heel Factory Film, the production company she runs with her partner, recently completed their first full-length feature film, Attic Trunk, which they've submitted to the festival circuit for the 2021 season. So exciting. Gosh, I love when my friends get into producing and you see what they do as far as creators go. It's fantastic. I have to say, chatting with Colleen, then I've known her for years, as I said, but she's such in a great place. She's working, she's doing some films in Vancouver. I'm, uh, I'm crazy proud of her. The day we recorded this episode, Colleen made us dinner, roast chicken, Brussels sprouts, yum. And then we headed back into the little studio in the backyard while my husband, Matt, watched his hockey team, the Oilers. Uh, they lost, we don't need to talk about that any further. And then at the end of the interview, Lily, uh, her daughter was like, hey, can I be interviewed too? And I was like, yes, you can. Oh my gosh, please. So you're gonna get a little Lily Reynolds at the end of this interview as well. I've gushed enough, but here she is, my talented, beautiful friend, Colleen Wheeler. This is the first in-person interview that we've done since COVID. Nice. Yeah. Is it recording? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! And it's with you! 
I know it's so exciting, but all your listeners are going to be bored because we're such old friends. We're just going to kibitz and go on off all kinds of tangents. And And I was like, how do I have an interview with somebody that I know so well? I almost want to go past, like, into your history and be like, tell the story about this time. Yeah. Remember when we did this? Yeah. But it's, uh, I'm not sure. I don't even know, like, how to celebrate this moment of being in person where, because we did it for years where we just, like, kick off your shoes and just... And now I'm so honored. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Love it. Don't cough on me, okay? Yeah, I won't. Um, here's where I, here's what I was thinking about you. I feel like there's been a shift in your career and in your vision of your career in the past, like, what do you think, like uh, six months even? Yeah, I would say probably just a little bit longer than that. I think it's, uh, you know, a few years now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because before yeah. we would talk about, you know, like we'd get together and go through things about our love life and our mm, passions and our careers. And you were like, you'd be pissed. Yeah. You were really pissed because you worked so hard. And then there was this time when it felt like I don't think you got the recognition you deserved. Yeah, maybe. I think that I, how do I explain it? It's more like a dissatisfaction, you know, like it's, I always felt dissatisfied or that I wasn't doing enough and Mm. I wasn't, you know, how do you say, getting more recognition in the fact that I was didn't have more followers. I remember once asking you, <clears throat> I was working in the theater and I was doing Macbeth and um, you had so many followers on Instagram, I asked you to like tweet something about our show and I felt sort of weird about it and I'm like, why am I doing this? Do I mm. feel I need to do this? And I think over the last little while I've just sort of gone, uh, it doesn't, none of that stuff matters to me anymore. Like mm. it just, and it's been longer than that. It's been like an evolving thing over the yeah. last five years, I would say. And part of it is getting older, um, you know, and I like what I do in the theater. I really do. It's, I think it's the film business that stumped me. Like I think yeah. that part of it just really, I didn't understand how to get involved and I really wanted to. And I couldn't. And because we're like a service industry here in Vancouver, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to me that I couldn't find kind of meaningful work. You know what I mean? And you're, like, you I think I was from... satisfied in the theater world. I was very satisfied working in that world. Um, but yeah. I've lived here my whole career, right? You know, and I watched friends go away like you and, uh, you know, a few other people. Um, and it seemed like you sort of got it. You got the film, TV thing, and you, you really started to, to accelerate in that world. And I wanted that. And I think we all feel that at certain points in our careers where we look at our peers and we're like, oh, I really want that. But less and less over the last five years, that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel, even if I wasn't getting more film work right now, I just feel like there's a shift in the way I think about the world, which is just bigger. It's bigger than just my career. But you're right. When we used to talk when I was younger, yeah. I was I was frustrated. I felt yeah. like also a lot of actors feel defined by their work. Yeah. And I think that I just felt that I hadn't gotten the, you know, the chance that I could really show my stuff in the film business. Yes. And, and you know, you realize after a while that that chance probably isn't going to mm-hmm. come. And it's very liberating, right? Like, for me, it's yeah. very liberating. Not for everybody, you know. I think everybody's journey is different, but that's why creating this film with my partner um, is, and our own production company and stuff has been an incredible experience, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really empowered me to understand that we can make our own work. We don't have to worry about it. You got this way earlier than I did because I remember when we were, (laughs) badly because I've had a lot of coffee today, (laughs) um, but when we were younger, you you were always... 
this is all you. Like, you don't have to balance this out on me. I know what I want to. Okay. <laughs> but you used to always tell me, create. When you feel frustrated, do something. Do some crafts. Create anything. And that that frustration yeah. will go away. And I really understood that when we did our own film. Yeah. It was so empowering. Yeah. You know? But what, because like, I know, and I know your passion came so much from theater because of the process, like the creative process in the rehearsal hall mm. and that you were asked your opinion and you were able to bring Colleen Wheeler to yeah. the stage. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in TV and film. Yeah. And I mean, like you always want to be invited to the party, right? Yeah. Like when, when I work in theater here, I know, like, I mean, I've been here for so long. I know everybody. Um, you know, we have a, a sort of a really kind of chemistry together already when we work in the rooms because I know everybody mm -hmm. and that is a huge privilege and I realize that and I've done some great work and I feel proud of my theater career and I enjoy it um, but I think the frustration came from wanting more mm -hmm. and wanting more meaning that I think that I just couldn't find that crossover into film and television properly you know mm -hmm. what I mean and yeah. wanting more um agency in it like more kind of power yeah i felt powerless right yeah and as i got older and felt more powerful as a human being i was even more frustrated like i was like yeah and then you release it right when you realize that it that that's probably not going to happen that you were you know especially in vancouver i think as a jobbing actor in the film business we are we are a service to the to the states right and and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but i just couldn't find a uh, peace in that like the day playing thing right i wanted more you know so yeah but what do you what do you think changed because it, it like something altered in your psyche or oh. because you've worked consistently in theater like mm -hmm. back to back mm -hmm. one of the easiestly easiestly easily <laughs> easily one of the hardest working actors in theater in canada yeah, yeah. What changed? I think having a kid changed mm. me. Um, that also takes an actor out of their own mind. I think I started to separate that the work that I was getting wasn't defining who I was. You know, I think my partner helped me understand that. Um, I started realizing that I was enough, that I didn't have to be something else to get work. And age I think age yeah. changes you like I'm in my mid 50s now right and I you know it again I think it's bigger than just being mad about not getting film work and having a shift in that it's it's more about I've seen people die yeah. more now and I'm I'm happy really happy with the small things like I I don't know what shifted I, I don't meditate or anything but I think it's just growing up and getting older and understanding what's important and I mean I lost both my parents yeah. right mm -hmm. and I'm like we're the next generation we're raising a kid um, we're a team in our own little world and mm -hmm. of course the pandemic over the last year too it really allows people to really ruminate and think about things and how lucky we are yeah. you know <clears throat> and I think about that every single day and I think a, a huge part of it is really realizing how lucky you are mm -hmm. I just look around and go, I've got a nice place to live. I've got enough money to pay my mortgage. I have a kid who's happy, you know? So I think it's bigger than that. Like there's something bigger than just being an actor that's changed, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, I do know that, but I also remember like sitting with you. Like I remember sitting on hills with you throughout our career yeah. on grass where you'd be like, what do you want to do? Because you were sort of at this interesting like precipice of our careers where we were like, it could go this way, it could go this way. And I remember like thinking, what do you, what do we want to do? What do we want to 
create? How do we want to contribute? And I, I don't I don't know how that uh, I don't know how that that ever got answered, but I know we kept pursuing it. Mm-hmm. So now you've come to a place where you're like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm okay with. And did you find like, if that's a roundabout way, but did you find like the shift between theater into film and TV? How how was that creatively? That's a good question. Well, you know. Let me just preface that. I'll preface that with, yes, we've had lots of talks, you and I, over the years about you being very good at asking what, what is it you want. Um, I don't know where that came from. First well, of all, I think, just so you know, every once in a while in this interview, yeah. I'm like, I'm hanging out with Colleen. Like, yeah, that's so right. This is going to be like the most boring podcast no, ever. No, not at all. I'm just so thrilled to like me too. see you and be with you. And me like, too. And also, I'm so proud. I have to tell you, like, I'm so proud of you. Knowing your journey, mm-hmm. like we've known each other for how long? Twenty something years. Twenty something. Years, yeah. But seeing like your life and mm-hmm. your art and your the craft, like you two creating these films together, like mm-hmm. it's extraordinary. Yeah. So I'm I just, think sometimes I get a little starstruck. Even oh, with my own get out! Yeah, I'm sitting here with Naomi Sneakers. So Come on now. I think part of it, you asked that question of me because I think you figured out a part that I hadn't figured out yet. You, no matter how not creative you felt. Mm-hmm. I observe you. I observed you anyway creating. Okay. 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 So I never did that. I never made the jump to if I just take the step to try and empower myself to create something. Right. To forge my own journey, it might relieve some of that anger or that angst that I'm not getting somewhere. And yeah. I think that I never. I'm a late bloomer. I didn't really understand that. But uh, like that's the part I'd love to hear more because I don't yeah. think you're alone. I think that we start this mm-hmm. career and we are like, like I remember having objectives in my career and people would say, "What do you want to do?" And I'd just like, "I just want to work. I just want to work." And then it became like, "I just want to do like purposeful changes. work, yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah, work that's gonna like change the yeah, world yeah. And that quickly, yeah, <laughs> dissolve." And then I was like, Second City, and then I was like, "I just want to make people laugh." Yeah, so, I remember that. Do you remember like? Like, even in your career, how did you make sense of the steps that you were taking towards That's where you such a now? good question, because the career evolves, doesn't it? I mean, when I started, you know, when I grad- graduated from university, I don't think I had a really good sense of myself. Mm. I think uh, as a middle 50-year-old woman now, I really have a sense of who I am. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. And I think that was through learning how people saw me, how I saw myself. Um, like when I got out of theater school, I'm like five nine with low voice and I'm built like a linebacker, right? And I thought I would be playing Juliet. Like that's how out of touch I was with, right. I didn't understand. Do you think you're out of touch or do you think that the, that the creative journey or the creative teams around you are out of touch? Because I think seeing somebody like you play Juliet yeah. would be so exciting. Now, sure. I mean, but then too, like it would just be, it's like, it's like, um, uh, I agree. Casting I agree. diversity within your cast in the eighties was such a shock to play, like to have somebody that is a person of color play, I don't know, like, um, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, right. like Maya Ardell cast. Yes. The young people yes. Yes. It was like, Oh my God. But now it's like, of course. Yeah. So somebody like you would be so exciting. It's just the risk takers around you. Exactly. For it. Totally. And also too, I think I had a bit of a closed mind at, as uh, my own image of myself as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think that over the years when you're working in a career like this and you're sort of building, it's never been easy for me. I've never gotten anything quickly. It's taken me a long time and like 
I think it was a good five, six years out of university before I actually started getting work. And I'm surprised that I actually made it that far because it was really hard, yeah. man. And um, Like hard with the no's that are coming your way? The no's, lots of no's, but also I did just didn't know where I fit in. Mm. I was like, where, where am I supposed to go? Like in theater school, you're so sheltered. You you get parts and you have this great team of people that you're in love with and you get out in the world and you really realize, holy shit, this is what I've chosen to do. Make no money, work my ass off. Yeah. For what? You know, so there's a lot of those moments where I was like, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then I met you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, then, um, so then, um, so then I think changed. that what happened, the steps happened where I started working free. I just worked for free all the time. I would take whatever, I think that's what all young actors do. You just mm-hmm. say yes to everything, right? Because you've got to get experience. You've got to get, build up that kind of, that closet of, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. I just kept working and working. Then finally somebody gave me a job and... Um, what was that one? The, the turning point job? Turning point job, I think, was the Belfry like oh, an yeah. actual regional theater that hired me for, and paid me a weekly salary yeah. to do a really good role, right? That's what I felt what was, was successful. What was the role? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a proof. Um, but that was, yeah, I mean, I saw that. Yeah. I saw you do yeah, that. But yeah. that was after you'd had success at Bar of the Beach. No. Really? Yeah, no, I hadn't. Oh, I just, I that was my first my job. I Naomi scrapbook. It's been a long time. <laughs> okay, so you did proof and you're like, okay. Well, it was just such a great experience. Uh, I got somebody paying me a paycheck to do this part in this great play, and I felt, okay, okay, I'm getting a sign from the universe Mm. that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I think. Um, And then after that, I started working at the Bard on the Beach Shakespeare Festival, and, you know, there again, I was very inexperienced, didn't really know what I was doing, and I got to be there for... I think now it's been 20 years or 18 years oh or something. So I got so much experience doing Shakespeare over the years. But, but we like lead Shakespeare's. Like it I wasn't didn't at the beginning. Carriers. It was like supporting and then I worked my way up. And mm-hmm. um, so there are certain steps, but I've worked hard, you know, and I got film work along the way. I've been doing film work for a long time. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll be, I'll let my ego speak. I think when we're young and we're working our way up, we want fame. We want recognition. We want... Mm-hmm. respect we want uh, our name out there mm-hmm. that's what we think we need to do to be an artist or to be a, a jobbing actor but I realize so acutely now that that's nothing to do with it mm-hmm. and I wish I'd be, I, I could tell my younger self that it's okay to be doing what you're doing yeah you know and I think the anger you talk about over the years that we've talked is that dissatisfaction with that part mm-hmm. I wanted more traction in having more of a reach yes you know what I mean yeah I totally know what and I and I have but again I've had been so blessed I've been in front of audiences of 500 people for 18 years doing these great plays and now I realize that but back then I was just like it's not enough it's not enough I want more and it was like it just caused me so much angst yeah you know yeah I I don't know if that happened to you but well I mean I I I don't know. I mean, I think it might be human to always want more. I know that's but so like true. watching you sort of knock each of the main Shakespearean characters out of the park, you would think from the outside, she's got it right. She's got it made. Like anybody who knows your career is like, well, she's done all those Shakespeare. But inside, something was missing for you. Yeah. And um, and I think that's a really natural thing to want to share your art. Yeah, totally, and have more reach, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't feel that anymore. I mean, I do in a way, but it's in a healthier way. It's mm. not, I'm not enough, I've got to reach for mm. more, I've got to, you know, um, 
I'm just really enjoying the things that I'm actually doing. So I guess you could say it's it's living more in the present. As actors, it's hard to live in the present yeah. because you're constantly going. The next thing is, you know, we're told a lot or it's inferred in our business that you're just as good as the job that you're doing at right. the moment, right? And mm-hmm. you really have to achieve that next kind of step. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about that too. It's all relative. It doesn't matter where you are, hit of a big TV series and you want that next step. Yeah. You, we all do. And that's healthy in a, lot, in a lot of ways. But if it's causing you to feel that you're just not enough, it really grates on your soul after a while, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard on people. So do you think that your idea of like quote unquote fame has changed totally and what do you feel it is now like what do you feel your idea of success is now what I'm doing Mm. like I feel that and so you don't have the what's next kind of feeling I do but it's in a good way like it's like I I I look at what I've done in the last few years I'm really proud of it I'm proud of creating my own work and a big inspiration of that is you. You're, you're in here over the years telling me you can do it. We sat, I remember we sat in Victoria and you talked about filmmaking and you said you just gather people together, you figure it out and yeah. everybody will help and you will do, you'll do it. You don't yeah. have to think so practically about, well, how am I going to do this? Because you, you really shoot yourself in the foot because you give all your, your this, this sort of negative like, I, oh, I'd never be able to do that or that's too big. And I understand that feeling, but once we got this group of people together, it was like the world conspired. And you told me that. So I feel satisfied. I feel satisfied that I'm in the right spot. I'm not supposed to be anywhere else. I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. I have the friends I'm supposed to have. I'm inspired so much by my friends. And I'm happy. Like I don't feel that kind of emptiness anymore Mm -hmm. or that kind of that yearning that it's very common with actors mm-hmm. to, to get that next thing and to be dissatisfied with the actual thing you're doing mm-hmm. in the moment. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, I think there's a level of, um, of being valued that, totally. you know, cause I remember speaking to you about your work, uh, in theater and, you know, working just, as I said, nonstop and, and then you're going like, what do I have to show for it? Like, where are the people that are coming yeah, to totally. me now? Because you've worked so hard, though. Yeah. And it is like a level of, like, con- like, you're contributing to your community. You're contributing to your art. Yeah. It's output. It's output. Yeah. And then where's the return? Yeah. And I think that's where we kind of make the mistake where we think we are owed something. Uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, so that's a very good point. It's tricky. I mean, I say it. I'm not sure I believe it. Like, it's yeah, hard, right? It's totally hard. Um, I think theater, like, that must really piss a lot of theater actors off. At the end of their career, yeah. there's nothing recorded, right? But that's the yeah. that's the most wonderful thing about it in a way. Right? Because really it is totally. so ethereal. It just literally disappears. And that's what's so magic about it. Like, I love the theater. The theater will always be the thing that I was meant to do. Um, but you sort of have to accept that. But about being feeling that you're owed something after a career, I think that's a trap easily mm-hmm. you can fall into, for sure, for sure. Like, you've worked so hard and it should just come easy. It, or or what, what does that mean in practical terms? I guess that means that uh, people don't ask you to audition anymore. You're just given parts. Um... And your career should just grow 
because because yeah. you worked so hard. But yeah. you know, like some of that stuff happens. I mean, I'm one of the older actors in the community. I'm sure you feel this too. That not the older actor part, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm older than Naomi. Disney Barbara. grandmothers. <laughs> but like you know, people people know you can do the job now, right? So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well, we get Colleen. We know she can do the job, and that's really satisfying that mm-hmm. you don't have to go through the process of all that but you know I think that you deserve that I think that people that have worked really hard in the business deserve a little bit of you know benefit of the doubt that they can do the job I don't think that we have to stop working and and Mm -hmm. trying to get the work and you know doing the auditions and stuff like that that's not what I mean but I do believe that it's you know it's it's sort of a practical thing you you know this actor's been doing it for 30 years give her Mm -hmm. give her the job she Mm -hmm. doesn't have to go through the the hoops I don't think I'm I'm not sure what you believe about that but yeah I I I think the same but I also think like it's up to us to keep our our muscles limber oh for sure yeah 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 it doesn't stop me from feeling nervous about like my my roles that I even if somebody's like oh get sneakers in on this she knows what she's doing I'm still gonna be like Oh my God! Oh yeah! I hope no. I can do the thing oh, that you're no. hoping I oh, can do. Oh totally! I know what you mean. I was so that's a different thing. I think fear has always been part of the the job for me. I never yeah. feel. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I've got no, no. I never yeah. feel that. I'm just talking about the the business owing you something. Like I, I just think that that you don't have to go through the hoops at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as being afraid, I think my whole career has been predicated on fear. Mm. And I think fear is a really good yeah. thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think when fear goes away, I probably shouldn't be doing it anymore, right? I just don't think I should be doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, that's that's tricky because I think fear can kind of kick you in the butt as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, But I think you're right also that there has to be that kind of, I don't know, spark that keeps you keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. it does become like, oh, I, I think that's when you get lazy and then you stop like, um, I don't know, you stop. You start, like people call it in that way and I, I'm always totally I remember working at Second City and um, and people would say like oh my gosh I'm so tired I'm just going to call it in today and I thought that was kind of the thing that you do like it's a professional thing to do if you just go I'm going to call it in because I'm so cool <laughs> and um, I remember finishing a show once that I sort of I didn't think I called it in but I kind of took a step down because I was really uh, ill or I was tired and I saw this woman like in the in the seats at Second City looking for something and then she went oh I found it and she was looking for her ticket stub because she was wanting to remember the night that she had just spent watching this show and I was like I'm never gonna call anything in ever ever not only because like what right do I have to like call in something when somebody has like spent their evening that way oh my god I totally agree I agree um yeah, I, I, I give it 100%. Yeah. I'm that kind of performer. You go, I feel like you give it like 150 though. And I think that that must be challenging for you too, because I don't think everybody around you always does 150. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went for tick uh, No, I mean, I don't know names, but I do think like, <sighs> I don't think you, I, I think you demand that of yourself. And it's shocking yeah. when not everybody is on that same page. Well, how can you be good if you don't? Like, I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that, like you said, those people come to see the theater, and if I can move somebody to the point where they come up to me and look me in the face, and they're like, I can't believe I just saw that, mm. or you made me feel this way, and that is like the best mm. feeling in the world. That's why we do it, mm. you know? And, and 
you know, there's a moment, especially in theater, which I, I haven't found in film yet because I, I don't think I've had the platform, but holy shit, to, to be in tune with a bunch of people, mm. which I'm so craving, of course, we're all craving just yeah. to go, so glad to be sitting here with you. It sort of feels <laughs> like that in a way, but like to, to connect with an audience, like, gosh, I, I've seen you do it so many times, but to be standing on a stage and just feeling mm. that electricity, like there's... It's, I miss it's, that so much. Well, and it, it's, it's it, when I say fear, that it's like a, it's a combination of fear, exhilaration. Um, it's that being alive. It's like yeah. the epitome of being alive. That's yeah. why we do it. Yeah, you know. It's yeah, that gave me goosebumps just remembering awesome. that feeling of standing in front of a, an audience and being like, "We're in this together." Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. And but you can't get that from film and TV, or can you? Well, I have to ask you that question. I think that I, um, I think I felt that. Mm. I felt it in a few of the big roles that I've gotten where I've gotten to work with I wish every actor had this opportunity I, I know we don't all don't get this opportunity but I had a lead in a movie about 10 years ago and this French director this really Tom in? Yeah, yeah and the French director really believed in me yeah and the crew believed in me and everybody believed in me and yeah. they really respected me and I, I'd come from like years of day playing um, you know the odd supporting role but nothing really major and I I felt part of the team and I also knew this character so I knew that I could I could make it happen mm -hmm. and I felt that from the crew the director that feeling from from the people mm -hmm. I was working around and I knew it translated to the camera right that felt amazing yeah um, so I had that kind of feeling uh, I think I've got a lot to learn still technically about the film business right I think there's ways to I mean you get that feeling I think rare more rare for me in the film business but I'm learning now as I get a little bit more traction in the film world and get bigger roles that I'm I've got a lot to learn technically to make that kind of stuff happen. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Like, what? like give me an example of something that you're like I got to remember to do this. Well, set. I think that when okay, well I guess I'll, I'll I'll break this off into a few different things. There's a, a level of comfort that I observe in really experienced actors. They're so comfortable. They're not self-conscious about the camera. And stuff starts to happen that's magic, that's real, that's right. very, very authentic. That's what I strive for. Because when I see it, you know, you, there's so much good television and film out there that you can see it. It comes right through mm. the, the camera to yeah. you. It's visceral. I, I, can, I know it happens. Mm -hmm. So I need to learn how to do that. And I think right now I'm not quite relaxed enough and mm. I'm a little too self-conscious sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not. Sometimes I get in there. But I need to be that more consistently, as comfortably as I am on stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I, I, I want answers. Sure. <laughs> I want answers. Like when you did Tom Ed and you had those moments, because it's gut, right? Like you go, oh, yeah. that was a good take. Yeah. Whether or not I use it, whether or not it was, it was like a good one for me and I know where I'm supposed to live. So what's your secret of putting those kind of nerves and the... Uh, self-awareness that we get mm -hmm. into that when creeps back in, yeah, yeah because suddenly I don't know about you like the camera goes on and suddenly I feel like it's like zoom in on that pimple She's oh got, like yeah. I feel totally so totally yeah and I don't know I mean what do you think well I think there's a lot of different tones that we as actors are requested to do there's tones for the CW stuff there's tones right. for Hallmark movies there's tones for comedy different tonally tonal performances that I haven't quite mastered yet and I think mm -hmm. that that I got I've a lot to learn about that and I'm, I'm learning I'm trying to get as much as I can um, but I 
I think what happens when the magic starts to happen is when you're playing with your scene partner and you lose what's around mm. you. You hear actors talk about that all the time where, you know, everything sort of disappears and you feel it's happening. It's yeah. authentic. It's it's just real. It's happening. You're using your imagination. You're in that situation and it feels magical, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that, I want that to happen more on film. Yeah. And I want the opportunity to have characters that have a deeper story right so like just bigger bigger stories yeah like I, I i love the stuff that i get but i want more challenges i yeah. want to be challenged i want to i want as rich a character as the ones i play yeah. on stage well, i want to do that on thing. film do you think you'll be satisfied staying in film and tv because the truth is that we're not going to get those roles that's as much right. as we that's want, right. want them need them that's right so then how do you and this is something I struggle with, which is the, the head and the heart disconnection. Because what I want to do is put the head aside, just live in my heart in my, with the scenes and the scene partners, and bring myself to the role. But then my head starts talking, and I'm like, oh, there's a camera, and this person, and the boom operator. And I get so in my head that I stop yeah. existing. So how do, you, how do you imagine being satisfied doing your film career as, as an artist? Well, I don't think I'm going to get those roles given to me. So right. that's so why we're do. Well, oh, that's why we're Well, I think that's what was giving me hope and yeah. a lot more confidence is that we've decided to do it ourselves. Yeah. And I think that if that kind of rule comes to me, it'll be something that I have to create for yeah. myself. Yeah. And that's okay. That that doesn't I make totally me angry or anything. It's it's just amazing that I'm a bit of a slow learner. It's taken me this long to to figure that out, but I have a partner who is really inspired to make films. He uh, loves the whole technical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we just did this film um, that we're submitting to festivals now where I produced, mm -hmm. which was a really good experience. He produced as well and we hired a director and that was a great learning experience yeah. for me. And that almost makes me a better actor, right? Because now I can go on set mm -hmm. and I know that the boom operator's not out to get me, that the camera's not trying to kill my performance. They're all rooting for you yeah. to do your best. And I understand that. that from the, like, it's so, like, we'll laugh now because it's so ridiculous to think that the camera person's like, how am I going to make her look as awful as possible? That was really bad. <laughs> like, why do we do that to ourselves? Well, because we're, we're, we're it's the most vulnerable thing <sighs> to stand in front of a fucking magnifying glass and show deep inner human emotions, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's difficult what we do. It's not cliche. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. And a regular person off the street can say, oh, I've always wanted to be an actor, but really? <laughs> Could you do it? I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't understand how people can say that because it takes such craft. Yeah. And it takes a lifetime of experience. It also takes relaxation yeah the simplest things I find in acting are the hardest things to do relaxing listening um, not being self-conscious the simplest things are actually the hardest things to achieve okay. we can achieve technical performances no problem but to be able to fully immerse yourself in the simple form of human existence is so hard so hard to look natural and to be authentic all the time, holy shit, man. Yeah. There's these great Danish television shows right now that I've been in, in, into, and these two actresses who I admire so much. One of them's name is Sidzi Babette Knudsen, and she's Danish. The other one is Sophie Grable, and they both star 
each in their own television series. Sophie in The Killing and um, Sidzi in this amazing show called Borgen. And their performances blow my mind. Yeah. Like I watch these shows just to study what they're doing. And I, I watch their scene and I'll go back and watch the scene and go, okay, the camera must be here. She's doing this scene with the camera, the booms here, all the people are behind. And I'm picturing her in a room where yeah. we as viewers are blown away by her authenticity and just weeping or whatever she's doing. But I'm trying technically to go, where is the camera? What is she doing? Mm-hmm. How is she doing this? How can I put myself in that situation and achieve that kind of authenticity? And that's what I'm trying to study. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so amazing that we get to do this, right? Yeah. Like that's oh, maybe no. what your next job is going to be. Like you'll be able to, you'll be given the opportunity to do that. And I crave that. Like I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I do. I mean, I think, thank God you're creating your own things because yeah. I think the world needs to see Colleen Wheeler do that. Like, it's so exciting to think of you bringing what you bring on stage to the camera. I think that's a really exciting thing. My question is, like, your process of attacking roles and knowing, like, things, as you said, like the tone. Like, is it a CW tone or is it an Amazon tone? And knowing all those things intellectually and then going, throw it away, and now I'm just going to connect to my scene partner. Or, yeah. as I had once, I connected to a tennis ball because my scene partner oh, wasn't available no, for the no. t- right? We're so, amazing. We're amazing. How do we do that? I had, like, this really emotional scene with a tennis ball once, and I have to say, uh, that you... guy hasn't texted. And <laughs> and you probably kicked it out of the park, right? I, I, Knocked it, kicked it, I don't know. No, it, yeah, yeah. I, um, it, it was not, um, it really hard. unsettled me. It's it was hard. a really, like, tough tough day I'm not gonna lie but. and I think technically that's a really good point to bring up I think once you're more comfortable you start getting enough work and you figure out a way in yourself to relax yourself in those situations that tennis ball and you are yeah. gonna be so connected yeah the camera will see it you'll be able to do it use your imagination yeah those are all technical things that people don't understand hitting your mark I did a, a scene recently I got a part in a show where I had to do a walk and talk I remember you talking about your first one. Oh my god and Throat I was in my mouth for sure holy fuck and I was walking down the stairs and I had all these lines and I was like holy shit this is hard this is technical I don't know how to stay open to the camera and we had to do it a couple times and I figured it out and I was a bit embarrassed yeah. Because I was sort but, of the green one. Yeah, but you went from zero to 60. Like, that's a muscle. Because I remember doing um, a Designated Survivor. That was the walk and talk I yeah. had. And I remember we did a take and I went, I want them to fire me, right? I'm so unhappy. Yeah. This is no fun. Yeah. And then we did two more takes and I was like, I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> I, I love so it so much. But like, the question is, how do you like detach yourself from the technical aspect and ground yourself in your, your truth? Your 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 Colleen Wheelerness. Practice. I think you just get you need practice, and that's the shame, right? We don't get enough opportunity to practice in yeah. film. I don't think, and uh, in my in my case, lots of people out there get lots of practice, you included. But I don't get enough practice, so I'm just working on that. You know, like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying to. Every time I get a job, I'm trying all of those things. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the job is. I just try to be as authentic and as real and serve the story and the tone of the piece mm-hmm. as much as I can. But again, like the tones are all very different. Yeah. So you're just like, ah, you yeah. know, am I doing this right? And you don't get a lot of feedback uh, as a day player. Like even I had a guest star and it was quite a big role, mm-hmm. but they, they what, just, right now, the one you're doing right now. No, it was a uh, one a little while ago and the director is busy 
they're coming in. They're no, they don't have time for they you. They don't have fucking time to talk to us. So you, they've hired you because they, you have to keep telling yourself this. They think you're good enough to do the role. They know that you can do it. So you sort of have to just figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. You're on your own mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Yeah. Unless you're in a series that you have a lot more agency to talk to the camera person, look at the playbacks. So you sort of have to jump in and you have to figure it out and not crumble under yeah. the pressure because there's a lot of pressure involved. I think. Well, that's that relaxation thing. But you don't meditate. I don't meditate, but I really find that it's if you can just look in the eyes of the other person, just try to stay present. Mm-hmm. Not, they will follow you. They'll find you. You'll hit your mark, hopefully. But you have to stay as connected. I don't know. That's what I try to do. To I mean, to, I agree with you, yeah. and I think I accomplished that <laughs> with improv because I think that's where I find my grounding in improv on yeah, stage and yeah. in, on camera. But then I think. Um, I don't know that I I don't know if I have the answer to that. I mean, I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. I talk to people that seem very confident about it. That seem like, oh yeah, you know, I just do this or I do that, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing that you you're able to do that, you yeah. know. Um, but I need to find a way for myself to stay grounded. Technical stuff has to hit its mark, otherwise they're gonna have to do the take again. Yeah. And I have to learn how to be unselfconscious of being watched, and I find it easier on stage. Mm-hmm. funnily enough 500 people watching right. I can do that easily uh, you're always aware that there's people there because you're an actor you have to be but you can lose yourself in the moment yeah right I don't know it's weird no it's awesome it's awesome we have the best time I know in the world. I love it so much would you ever like have you ever thought about doing anything else when you were sort of undecided about your future were you like I gotta I gotta flip it up you know like you at the beginning when you were talking about I just want to work I think I always just went to the next thing I just was like okay something's gonna come mm. um, I oh I worked lots of different jobs like I worked um, as at an agent's office mm-hmm. while I was auditioning I and all that stuff that, right yeah. so just you know we all try to survive and I think that actors sort of fall into things just by trying to survive mm-hmm. you just you know you, that was hard for you though you worked at that agent's office and you were like seeing breakdowns come in all the time going what the f i know i know well i used to go to the bathroom and cry all the time (laughs) but i also think creatively we're we won't be satisfied creatively until you create your own thing i totally agree it just took me this long to figure it out i mean it's weird at least it it isn't 10 years from now yeah so totally so i feel happy about that so yeah um what you were just saying like i think that's really relevant like why why do we go like and i do the same thing like i don't tell people you don't because well, here's two things. Like I, you know, Matt said it really well when he said, "Anything you put into social media, it'll make somebody sad." If you post, "Look at me and my buddy sitting together," they'll be like, "Oh, shut up, buddy!" <laughs> like that. I wish I had. I know. Wild red hair like I that. Know. And or if you post like a picture of like I made this great pasta salad, somebody be like, "Oh, I wish I had a pasta." <laughs> so know. you're always going to be put into a level of. Mm causing envy mm-hmm. and I hate mm-hmm. that idea so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. so we don't tell people I mean I remember like looking at your IMDB and going oh my god look at all the things she's like because you don't tell me well I don't tell anybody I know but why do we do that and now I'm telling a podcast <laughs> no I um I just feel embarrassed I don't like it uh I it feels to me oh god I don't judge anybody for doing it because as an actor, you're so happy to get a job. You want to tell people. That's okay. That's okay. That's good. I don't feel that need because of the exact thing you just said. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. 
I don't want to jinx it. Mm. I don't want to talk about myself. I just rather talk about somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel I that do, kind but of. If it, it, like the tables turn, you'd be like, sneak us, tell me. Yeah, I mean, I think I tell you. I just feel social media wise, I don't. Mm-hmm. I was happy to tell you. I was mm-hmm. happy to tell you about that one. But I social media wise, I'm really reticent, and then that's one of the things my partner and I have to figure out a way to promote our movie, and I'm really struggling. And I and I, we don't have money to hire a publicist to to figure Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff out for us. And you have to be able to, you strike such a good balance. You're so good at it. I don't know how to do that. And I, I honestly could care less. So I, I don't love it. So it's hard for me to figure out how to get our, what we're doing out there mm-hmm. without feeling like we're doing something gross, you know? Like, yeah, I no, know I get it. I, I get it. it. But I think that you're, <laughs> it's intention. Yeah. I think your intention, like I remember when you wrapped the, the film that you created, and you were beside yourself. With I was pride. so happy, yeah. The pride of like the pride. crew. The, totally, the, I like, was proud of them, yeah. And so that's the thing you that celebrate. Was, okay, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like, look at me, Colleen Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. And forget about everybody else yeah. because here's the thing that that either I can't believe that you know we need to be reminded about this, but this can't be done by ourselves. Yeah. Even if you're an actor totally. on a one-person show, totally. That somebody has to turn the lights on for you're you. You're right. Like it, you know what I mean? So but how do you celebrate? Anybody but me, if I'm going to put out there that I got a movie, <laughs> you know. What I, I don't mean? know. I think I think you have to. I think it's intention. I do think like if I have, uh, I don't know, like if I've booked something that I'm proud of, it's 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 you're proud it's of proud it. of the work I that know, I get to I do know. with folks. Like I feel that from your posts. Yeah, I but do. I think that's you too. Like I'm not a big like, um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm in celebration of the community that has come together. Yeah. So if I do a show, I'm like, that was extraordinary. And I'll tell you why. It's because this director rocked my world. Yeah. It's not because yeah. I did a great job. I feel But also, that, yeah. like, I don't know. There's also a level of, uh, I think people should celebrate themselves. Yeah, I think you know? you're right. I think you're right. We'll get better at it. We'll figure it out. It's just we have to also make it fit what we, our vibe. Agreed. So yeah. I have to, we have to figure it out. But we're, we're, we're working on it. And I think also, like, one of the things I love about you is your approach to things are... Like language, like I'm learning. I'm interested in finding out how to. Like you're not like I'm gonna go in there and nail it. Like yeah, you're... who does that? Does anybody but you I think know they, do I that? I mean, I don't think I've ever said that, but I I know when people you know talk about that in sort of a confidence, it's from fear, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. You're right. It's like a bit of a cover. Yeah. I never feel I'm gonna nail it. Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> the best the best actors in the world that I talk to on a regular basis, yourself included. We all struggle with security on mm. sets, insecurity, sorry, on sets. And you feel like, you know, you've got to, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be vulnerable in front of It's hard. You don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to cost them money. Mm. It's, a, it's fraught with all sorts of stressors. Mm. And then you have to figure out a way to take those stressors away. Mm-hmm. God, that's just so cool to figure that out, you know? Well, I, I also think you figure it out and then you figure it out again. Yeah, totally. But this is the thing I'm, I'm learning right now is... The lessons that I learned 10, 20 years ago, I'm learning another round of lessons. Yes. And um, the instincts that I had as an actor when I started, I'm needing to remind myself of those. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because I think we, uh, I don't know, we, we sort of, um, I, I think we go down a path and then suddenly you find yourself down a path and go, oh man, I forgot that forgot this... that I can do this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. That's good for you that yeah. you're figuring that out. Well, I mean, when you're on set, can you see um, your 
your theater muscles coming to use? Oh yeah, totally. I remember being on this movie uh, and I had to cry. And um, yeah, I remember the story. Well, I, I had to Because we talked about this. We did. Yeah. But, but theater people fucking give her, man. Yeah, because you have a whole act to work up to it. <laughs> yes. Right? To breathe into it, to learn the life that has led you to that moment. True, but we also technically are... I mean, I know lots of film people are too, but I've seen a lot of film people given you know, fake tears and all that stuff. And that's mm. fine. Like, I, I I would like fake tears. I didn't even know they had fake tears. I would have asked for fake tears. <laughs> Jesus. I would have. They made, me, they made me do it like 20 times. Which but film was this? It was The Tall Man. Tall but man. I had to cry a lot. But it and was on the other actor. Oh, yeah, that story, story. That story. Well, I'll tell the crying thing okay, first. But the crying thing, like, I, I 20 takes and I did it. 20 times like this excruciatingly fucking sad scene and I remember the crew coming up going I've never seen anybody do fucking 20 takes and like get that you know teary every time I'm like well I'm sure there's other people that can do that but I do think that's my theater training Mm -hmm. it's this you just give her give her 100% each take yeah but that can also bite you in the ass when you're learning because I did it it was the end of the shoot it was the last night it was the biggest scene of the movie and the star, they obviously shot her first, and I gave her everything. I gave her the tears, the everything on the other side when the camera wasn't pointed at me, and I gave it all. <laughs> I had nothing left when they turned around on me. And the bondsman, the insurance bondsman was on set. We only had two hours left to shoot, and they had to shut the whole thing down. So my asshole clenched, and I was like, I'm not gonna be able to do this because they've just put me under too much pressure. And it was the crux scene. It was the scene I had to do in the audition that I was hired for. And they turned around on me, nothing. And I, I looked at the director who admired me up to this point. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I said, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. Yeah. And the time that it had happened before in the movie, he just said, go home and sleep, we'll start tomorrow. Wow. And it was fine, but I couldn't do it. So I remember walking around the set going, fuck, oh. fuck. And then everybody listening to me and waiting for me to come back to set and walking around this empty studio. And then the star of the movie also came up to me and said, what can I do to help you? You were so good when you were giving, you know, but I was just green. I didn't know. In the end, it all worked out. It it was, they put some fake tears in my eyes and I did the best I could. But also I would tell, I would tell myself now looking back, I would say, it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I was devastated Mm -hmm. that I disappointed them. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the end, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. They figured it out. They edited around it and whatever. I mean, the scene, I remember watching that movie and I don't think the scene lacked. So. Oh, well, that's good. You, it would have been better if I could actually get there, but it's okay. I mean, like, pressure, I remember, right? I remember the star so even saying to me, she was so gracious. She came up to me after and she goes, don't fucking worry about it. And I was just like beside yeah. myself, just yeah. clenching and so sad that I couldn't give it to them thinking my, my career was over and all that stuff. But it wasn't. It was not anything like that. We're so hard on ourselves, know. you know? We're so hard on ourselves. Oh, my gosh. If we treated, like, our friends like we treat ourselves, oh, we would awful. have no friends. No, I know. Yeah. It's like... And I think that's part of the relaxation thing. I think that we're so hard on ourselves. We get in our head about it, and we're not able to stay present, mm. right? We're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I, I look like shit from this angle, or I'm not giving the actor what I'm supposed to give them, or the director's not liking this, or... Mm-hmm. I saw somebody move back there because they're bored or like, I don't know, Ugh. all that shit. Yeah, all that stuff that we just put on ourselves and pressurize ourselves to not yeah. be what we want to be or what we think we can be. And... Yeah. Balance? Balance. balance. 
I yeah, know. that's good. I, that's balance. balance. I mean, that's not something that balance isn't something that really is attainable. You're just constantly walking back. Yeah, and you're forth. right. But at this moment in my life, I do feel a good balance. I do I too. Feel... I'm so proud of you. you. No, not for oh. me. I'm totally out of balance. You, you're doing great. <laughs> I think you're doing great. I mean, <laughs> I've been in Vancouver for two weeks. We've seen each other three times. I love it. I love it so much. You're my family, my friend. It makes me a little sad that you're leaving, but I know. <sighs> But anyway, this is part of it, like, also this kind of friendship. It's I like a reconnection I feel with you. I feel really grateful for. And I don't know why we don't see each other more. It makes me a little bit sad. Um, because you are really like my family. And, you know, we've been, we, you and I have been through ups and downs. Not bad or anything. It's just that we've been apart and, mm-hmm. you know, things going on and stuff like that. But I, as I get older, I realize that those are the people you want to hold close, know. you know, and, and so I think about that a lot. I think yeah. you're a big part of what I want to, I want to change that. I want to figure out a way to see you more. Mm-hmm. You're always so damn busy though. But it, it's but, not, no, but it's not for, it's not for lack of want. Like we've never had a falling out. Oh no, it's not know? about and lack of want. It's just about me realizing how important, like part of the balance that you're talking about that I've found, I f- feel so grateful that I've found a, a piece in a way like mm-hmm. and it'll change I mean it comes and goes but right now I feel like acutely aware of how little time there is I, I feel that, I get uh, that really getting older you know I get that but I also I remember when I left BC and moved to Toronto and then like you and I kept in touch and then we didn't keep in touch like it was sort of just this yeah. ebb and flow of our friendship yeah I don't like but that but across the board like I know like, we take no time at all to get back to here. Yeah. Like, never. Like, if I don't see you for whatever months, whatever years, yeah. um, we still go right back. I know that. But I will also say that I think, somebody told me this once, that um, that traditions have to be repeated, like, X number of times before they're ingrained. Mm-hmm. So maybe we put ourselves to a task of a tradition mm-hmm. that we go, let's for the next month go, you know, with my pops, we used to do um, a Sunday uh, Skype call. So he'd call from Canada, Matt and I were in Los Angeles, and my brother was in England, and on Sunday, we would have whatever meal the time zone allowed. So my father would have uh, lunch, I'd have breakfast, <laughs> Darius would have dinner, and we'd connect. That's we did so it every good. Sunday. You're so good at that. But that's tradition. Like we, I know. We have the power to do that. We do. Yeah. I sure, I sure miss your day-to-day presence. Me too. Yeah. But I get that feeling. It's our, You're my family too. Yeah, man. Hope this mm-hmm. isn't boring for them, but I'm having a good time. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so strange, like, the concern also, like, I hope this isn't boring. I mean, I get that too, like, you're actually better at this than you used to be, because I'd say, I'd say something like, Colleen, what's going on? And you're like, um, uh, things aren't going great, but that's okay. Anyway, how's you, like, just so quickly back to, like, diverting I'm trying, working on that, I'm working on that. You don't I, do I'm this much anymore. I, I'm, I feel like what I'm mulling is... I honestly feel that at this age, right now, right here with you in this room, I feel more like myself. I've grown into myself and I feel like I'm who I'm supposed to be, finally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's huge relief. And it's such a great feeling. And I I hope that for everybody Mm -hmm. listening to the podcast, I hope if you're struggling as an actor, if you're young, if you're old, if you're in a, this has been an awful year 
I just hope that for everybody that they can feel that at a time in their life because I feel that right now. I feel at peace. Mm -hmm. I feel balanced, incredibly grateful and lucky. And I think that, you know, a whole bunch of stuff led up to that, but that's what I feel like. I'm more myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm who I'm supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a great feeling. And do you think that in our lifetime that'll ebb and flow? Like, do you think that, because I love, like, gosh, and I see that with you and I'm so... I'm so happy to be capturing this moment because yeah, I do too. think it does have flow. And like months from now, you're like, oh, I'm out of touch. Yeah. And like, I got to get back to myself. Yeah, like, totally. I feel like we're always trying to get back to a place that you're actually in right now. Totally. I agree. Mm -hmm. And you know, like there's lots of things in people's lives that allow them to be like, I'm again, feeling grateful that I've got a space and I've had company over this last year where there's a lot of people that have been mm -hmm. cooped up by themselves and, uh, you know, they're probably a little out of whack, you know, mm -hmm. like we've, it's, it's, and that's okay too, mm -hmm. right? Like this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. But at this moment, at this time in my life, in a bigger picture feeling, I feel like I'm on track and mm -hmm. it's really great. Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like, oh, I've, I should be over there. Yeah. I should be over there, you know? Yeah. I should be right here with you. Yeah. I'm so lucky. Me too. You too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right, let's um let's find a way to end this. Although okay, we'll still talk about it. Yeah, things when okay. This is done. <laughs> um, do you? I always turn the tables. And do you have a question for me? Yes, I do. I would like to <laughs> Got know. Real official, there we are. <laughs> um, your lovely producer Winnie told me that I had had to think about this, and I okay. would like to ask you a question. I would like to ask you, what do you think in your life, like if you're looking back on your not just your career but everything, what has been the thing that has really changed you like what is the thing that like you for for all up until that point you were this Naomi mm -hmm. but then after that something is still after all that time still with you like what changed you profoundly mm. I want to know that um gosh I think that's uh there's a bunch right there's um I think uh yeah, I think when I had skin cancer, that changed me profoundly because I, I didn't, uh, I discovered I wasn't as invincible as I was. And it wasn't like, and I always thought like cancer was for folks that like smoked or like worshipped the sun and I didn't do those things. So why? Like it didn't make sense to me. And I was a healthy person. And so that really like jarred me. Um, it made me lose faith in like because my relationship like blew up so it made me lose faith in the things that I thought were a certainty when you think of like the things that you know for sure are you can have faith in yourself in your relationship in your in your body and guess what all those things let me down and I was really that really shook me up yeah I remember that and then and then that was after but before that it was second city second city changed my life yeah. for sure yeah because I remember walking into that building and I, was, and I crashed the auditions because they wouldn't yes, see me. Yes, that's right. Yeah. In the building, I had those huge black and white pictures of like Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy. And I was like, oh, this is home. Like I felt so home. And then when they asked me to join the touring company, I was like, I don't want to do anything else other than make people laugh. This makes complete sense to me. All the dreams that I thought were my big goals, like like Broadway or Stratford. I was like, nope, this, yeah. is, this is where I, I live. This is it. Hmm. So glad I got to see all your shows there. Oh most gosh. of them, most of them. I would say 90, 99% because you seem to come in and out of town for every other show. Oh, and it was like, it so much. And we get all dolled up for the fancy open. And for Mr. D as well, you came to that opening. My God, launch that's party. right. Yeah. 
You are like, you're my family, my yeah, friend. Yeah, same here, babe. Yeah. So I always do like um, a wrap-up segment. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I ask do some it. questions. You could probably edit a good 20 minutes out of that. Oh my God, at least. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is gold. Have you ever had like a talk like this on a podcast before? No, but you know what I'm going to say is this, I feel com- like I'm not doing a podcast. I've never oh. felt like I've just, this is the way it should be. I, oh, yeah. I was a little nervous before thinking, God, do I have anything to say? But it was so easy. It feels, I mean, it is just chatting with your buddies. Okay, here it is. All right, so questions. This is my firecracker wrap up questions. Fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is? An inspiring lady. Oh my. Eleven. Uh, what do you want to be best known for? <laughs> do you like your answer? Uh, I'm not sure. I, okay. I don't really care. Okay, okay. Uh, well, what did you say? What do you want to be best known for? <laughs> Just being kind. Good person. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Just so you know. Okay. You got good, that question good. right. Tick. Um, if this was a movie, this your, your life was a movie, yeah. and this is like the final scene, the credits are about to roll, oh. what was the scene in your life that was a turning point that's the question i just asked you i mean that's the question i always ask here calling so okay uh okay well that's easy that's easy all right you go uh sobering up 21 years ago like i would be begging for change really Uh, oh god yeah i mean you think it would have gotten that bad oh yeah yeah if i hadn't stopped drinking 21 years ago I wouldn't have a life Mm. so that's easy that'll always be an easy answer but thanks naomi that was I remember when you, I remember when you told me. You were the first, see, this is a great podcast. <laughs> um, this is, Naomi Sneakers, you were the first person I told. I and, and you it. didn't, you <laughs> didn't think. It was like the biggest moment of my life. My sponsor said, okay, now you got to go tell somebody who's in your world that's not an alcoholic, that knows you well and is not at AA meetings with you. And um, I called you up and my hands were sweating oh. and I was like, could you come over? I've just got something to tell you. Sat in your little bar area. Yeah, you came over to my trashy East Van apartment and you sat on the other side of the bar and I looked at you with like almost tears, I think. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, Naomi, and you were like, oh, <laughs> you were like, what is she going to say? I'm like, I'm an alcoholic. And you're like, oh, is that all? Oh. You said something like that, but it wasn't a mean. It no. was just like you weren't, you weren't taken aback. And I was like, I'm an alcoholic. And you're the first person I'm telling. And you were so lovely. Oh. You were just like, you, you made me laugh. What, what did you say? Something like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me you were pregnant. Or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so like, it just felt, I remember you saying like, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, I know, this is I know, huge. I know, I know. It and was I never huge like, for me. Yeah, but, but like what the result was, you saying basically in another way, I'm just about to get really healthy. So that's something I'm like, I know. Let's you go. are so great. Remember I remember, we I remember your little together. face. The what? We go to the meetings. I went to the fall meetings. You did. Remember? And you kept saying, like, you were like, anyway, so and so was at the meeting. Oh, it's Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not supposed to tell people. I was such a jerk. I'm but so sorry. I was so sorry. inspired by those because I remember yeah. going with you because I didn't know what to do. Like, I remember you telling me, and I was like, what is that? What do I? How do I help? What do I do to like support this journey? And I was like, I'll just come with you and celebrate your birthday. So that's the best thing you could have done. And this, and I remember these these old guys would t- stand up and and say, "This is where I'm at." And I remember going, "Oh my god!" Like the the amount of courage that it took to say those things. Yeah. And I was so proud of you Aww. for the. And it also changed my thinking with drinking, thinking with drinking, because I remember like you know at parties you'd be like, 
let me get a drink. And somebody would say, no thanks. But come on, let me get you a drink. <laughs> and I think if somebody is uh, recovering or struggling and you offer them a drink once, it's hard to say no. If you offer them twice, it's still really hard. Like, it's hard to be pushed alcohol. And so I don't ever do that anymore. And that's why I push it on other people. Right, you do. You're always like, but if you, you think about these last two questions, yeah. your biggest turning points I was there for. Yeah. And my biggest turning point you were there for. Oh. That's pretty fucking cool, Holly. man. Hey, don't yeah. you think that's amazing? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, because I remember when I got the all clear from the doctor yeah. and we all went to the cottage and we yeah. baked a pumpkin pie together. Yeah. And... I don't think I got knew our history how big, together. How big those historical moments were. Well, you don't know in the moment, I guess, eh? Yeah. Until you yeah. look back. Oh, I love you so much. I have more questions. Hold oh, on Jesus. Okay. Um, but you know what? People were, this is, this is exactly right. Okay. Um, oh, what's something that people don't know about you? I love bookkeeping. Oh. I love doing taxes. I my own. I love. Did you see? I in love, my eyes. I know. I saw. I know. I, you were like, "Do you want to do mine?" But I love. Um, I love numbers. I love balancing the bank account every month to the penny. If there's a penny out, then I'm like, "Fucking, I gotta find that penny." But not for my own account for the little business I run. But um, I love it. I love book anything to do with numbers and organizing numbers. And wow. like adding machines, you know, the adding machines with the paper. Yeah. Oh, I love that. With the... <laughs> yeah. No, not that. But you know how you, yeah, it's awesome. You love that. Oh my gosh. Love it. I, I knew that you liked bookkeeping, but I didn't know it was a passion like yeah, that. Yeah, it's nice. Well, it's not really a passion, but I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's gonna okay. be... <laughs> it's not really a passion, but I love doing it all the time. Um, what is, what's been your favorite mistake? Oh, that's good. I, if I hadn't... Uh, been dumped lots of things in my life I wouldn't have met the guy of my dreams yeah. if I hadn't sobered up or if I hadn't started drinking I wouldn't be the person I am today and have the rich mm. inner life that I have mm -hmm. that's really contributed to it um, not that you have to drink to have a rich inner life what I mean is that caused me to sober up and mm. have a spiritual relationship for the first time in my life mm -hmm. um, there's so many yeah like yeah. Uh, I think it's like who it makes you who you are that sounds so cliche but it just makes you who you are all mm -hmm. that stuff right right uh what's something that you haven't done yet but you know you have to do oh um oh, oh let me think about that oh okay uh well i've started working with a personal trainer on weightlifting and i'm, I'm only a couple weeks in but i'm gonna i might my, my i'm gonna lift really heavy weights wow that's what i'm gonna do that's what i haven't done yet and yeah. i'm really looking forward to it you're gonna like Super tan yourself, get real yep. orange, get on that some opal lipstick. Off you go. I'm gone. I'll be front row. My First friend. prize. Front row. Well, I'm not gonna go to a competition. Well, I'm not I was gonna talking really about going. Come. I mean, okay. not gonna <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the firecracker in the world you want to shine a light on? Oh, you. No, no. Okay, can I do a list? Can, I'll do a quick list. I'll give you three. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we could be here all day. Look There's at all the so many. How the hell do you like, narrow it okay, down? What's the one that comes to you instinctually? When okay, I say, my kid. Then let's talk about her. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah, she is fantastic. I mean, that's sort of patting yourself on the shoulder. So, because <laughs> you're a great mom, you two are doing such a great job with oh, her. God, really? Come on now. Look at the confidence she has. Yeah, she's a cool kid, man. Yeah. Like I, I have a lot of pride. At, I, she inspires. There's so many ways. I gotta say this. So many women, but my child, like watching her get older now and is just, uh, and the person she's becoming, I'm like, phew, man, yeah. she's fucking on fire. She really is. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really in awe. I remember like over the years when we've met and then seeing Lily grow up and 
Oh my gosh, I just she's such a special human being. What's that little one gonna turn into? She's I don't know, but power. she's got great ladies around her, man. Right? All my friends are firecrackers. Yeah. I'm so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm she's, totally lucky. She's gonna like she's becoming my, my mentor. Like watching her going, Hey, I'm gonna play the piano for a little while over dinner like just like owning that and I then know. yeah, it's great. I love it so much. Confidence. Um I mean you said this to you. the last question is advice, advice to your younger self. Um, and I think we already answered it when we were chatting. Do you yeah. Remember what you said? There's lots of things I'd like to say. Well, number one, you're gorgeous. You're fine the way you are. Your differences are going to make you happy. You're, um, you deserve respect and you deserve to respect yourself and everything's going to be okay. That's what I would like to say. Jesus. Can you imagine being young? Again, fucking teenager or something. I mean, do you want to go back there? That was a good way to end, and then I just screwed it up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you I don't. I don't want to go back there, but I certainly wish that I. I. I wasted. I. I think that's a good regret. I think I wasted time worrying about stupid shit. But that's your job as a teenager. Well, you not just a teenager. Out. I'm talking older than that. And Stupid when you're 70, shit. you're going to look back and be like, remember the stuff you were worried when we were 50? Oh, 15? God, I know. So it's all... True. You know, it all works out in the end. Exactly in the right place. Okay, this is the part of the podcast that is a bonus. A little bit of a, a, little bit of a treat for you. Because before I started my chat with Colleen, her fantastic 11-year-old Lily Reynolds came up to me and was like, hey, can I be on your podcast? Because she's just the coolest. And of course, I was like, yes, please. I would love that. So after Colleen and I talked, uh, Lily came into the studio and we had a little bit of a further firecracker chat. I will say Lily Reynolds is the youngest firecracker to be on our podcast. But I'll tell you, not the last. I so loved my chat with her. And I so loved finding a little bit about you know, there's 11-year-old beautiful brain and uh, what she thinks. It's going to rock your world. So enjoy my mini firecracker chat with sparkler Lily Reynolds. Do you have any questions for me? Well, hmm. who's your favorite singer? Oh, my favorite singer. That's a great question. I... Your favorite type of music? Um, I like music that, like, either hits my heart or makes me want to dance. Mm -hmm. So like Jan Arden, but also like Katy Perry <laughs> and like um, Joni Mitchell and um, um, Miley Cyrus and Pink. I like those ones that make me want to dance. Um, Billie Eilish. I like, I like some of Billie Eilish. I don't like all of her music. Um, okay, here's my questions that I'm going to ask you that I asked your mom as well. <laughs> this is fun. Wow. I know, we'll see how... How, maybe they'll be the same. Who knows? Okay. Um, okay. Fill in the blank. A firecracker is? Bright. The perfect answer. <laughs> I love it. What do you want to be known for in your life? Um, hard work. I mean, any minute now, your mom's going to start crying. Uh... <laughs> Okay, what is something that people don't know about you? They don't know, like, because some of my friends, they don't really know what, like, how to do softball or, like, because everybody's, like, so familiar with baseball. Mm -hmm. 
so they don't really know about me that like how fast pitching is or it's the exact same as batting. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Do you have any things that you're like, oh, that was a mistake, but I'm glad it happened because I learned something from it? Oh, well, I think recently, like on maybe Thursday last, no, I don't know. Um, we were having a socials test mm-hmm. on the five C's of critical consuming. Uh-huh. And um, we were supposed to write down five, like all five, and then describe two of them. Um, and I practiced a bunch at school. And then right at the test, I forgot the last one. Uh. So, and then and then I found it, like I remembered it right after... Uh, um, we started moving on. Yeah. And then I got so mad. Yeah. What do you do when you get mad about stuff like that? Probably, well, I don't get mad there. No. I just get mad at home and then, like, I punch my pillow. Yeah? Yeah. And then you feel better? <laughs> yes, I do. And then you let it go? Yeah. This Sometimes. What, and what happens if you can't let it go? Like, what happens if you're still thinking about it? I just still think about it and then... Like when I when I'm doing something else that's distracting, I get it. I guess I just forget about it, mm-hmm. and then yeah. This is gonna blow your mind, but your mom had the exact same answer. No, she didn't. She didn't take the class. A social <laughs> critical. A I critical thought. thinking. What is something that you haven't done but you know you have to do? Um. Practice piano song a certain way Mm. what do you mean a certain way well my teacher said like to like get your fingers like more strong because one of the songs your fingers move really fast Mm -hmm. so she told she told me to go like really like aggressive on the piano Mm -hmm. so it's easier to go softer oh you know what, that reminds me of a sprinter that used to run with weights on his feet so that when he took them off he flew same sort of thing, right? Yeah, that's so cool. Um, who who's a firecracker in your life? Like somebody that like makes you spark. I think like most of my friends. Oh, that's fun. Now, what would you say if I told you that when I asked your mother that question, she said you? I'd be impressed. <laughs> what would, what do I you mean, think? sometimes she gets really annoyed by me. And sometimes she does this really long sigh when she's annoyed at me. So sometimes she always, like, in in a day, she says I love you, like, ten times. So that's fair. Yeah. Does she do it like this? (laughs) I love you. Sometimes, yes. I get that, too. I get it. It's it's an I love you that kind of scares you a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What, what, like, if somebody was... Um, like a buddy of yours, like 11 years old, and you wanted to give them advice, like some sort of advice about how to live their life, what would you say to them? Well, I was at this thing for my school, and it's called Game Ready, and we got, we went, used to, like last year, we used to go there every Thursday for like nine weeks, I think, and then we went there, and then there was always a quote on the board, and one one said like like I really like this one. It said um, like 
every type of shape and size is beautiful. I don't know who said that. Um, but, like, I really liked it, so I guess I'd say that mm-hmm. to somebody who's, like, feeling bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, tell them that, I guess, like, if they're not feeling beautiful, then, like, that type of... If they're feeling that they're different, then that type of different is, like, beautiful also. Because, like, every type of look is beautiful. I mean, you're extraordinary. (laughs) You're extraordinary as a human being. I'm really, really happy that we had this chat. I think you're a really cool person. (laughs) Would you consider adopting me, or is that too much? Something that is beyond... (laughs) I mean, this was two for one. Two for one in the most fantastic way possible. Colleen Wheeler and her daughter, her 11-year-old daughter, Lily Reynolds, in one fantastic episode. Now, you can follow Colleen on Twitter at Colleen underscore Wheeler or on Instagram at Colleen Wheeler 123. Keep up on Colleen's production company, Heel Factory Film, on social media at H-E-E-L Factory Film or HeelFactoryFilm.com. Those links, of course, will always be in our show notes. And don't forget to download the hoo ha app and celebrate that partnership. What a cool thing that is for us. Over on that app, you're not only going to find our podcast, but you're also going to hoo ha new show, the best damn podcast game show ever, hosted by Firecracker Core Team alum, Monique Madrid. Oh my gosh, this is such a funny show. Monique and her co-hosts, Rennie Rivas and Brooklyn Jones are too funny. They have such great chemistry and they're just getting started. Now, all those links, plus everything Colleen is in, will be in our show notes because we care. Yeah. So stay tuned and stay connected with us so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming dates, like tickets to our mentorship event for indie producers. That's right. It's our third mentorship event and we are focusing on indie producers. It's pretty exciting and those tickets go fast. That's right, sound effect. Also, this year's TIFF party announcements are coming up. You do not wanna miss that because we have done a TIFF party two years in a row now and I tell you, they're like no other TIFF party. Everybody says that. They're a real firecracker department-esque type of thing. And don't forget, if you haven't caught it already, we have new firecracker blogs and voices coming out every month. So you're gonna wanna be in the know, you know? There's a lot going on and we wanna keep you in the loop. So keep in touch with us as well. If you're feeling really inspired, share that with somebody else. If you're looking for inspiration, reach out to a fellow firecracker. We got you. Look after each other. Look after yourselves, everyone. See you next time. Winnie Wong is our firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong eight on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. This episode was edited by Jennifer Rowley. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advance updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. 
Now, whether you're a first-time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.